Collaboradio contains adult language and humor. There will be swears, and listener discretion is advised. With that being said, thank you for listening, and enjoy the episode. Here we fucking go. Welcome back to Collaboradio, folks. My name is Jack. I'm also known as Jocka. Joining me as always is Steve, also known as Think Fish Tank. Hey, what's up? Hey. And our special guest of the day is DJ Extraordinaire and host of Space Jams Radio. Say hello to Mr. Jack Dyson. Hello, sir. How's it going? Hello. It's a pleasure to see you here. Oh, it's an honor to be here, man. Truly. Thank you very much. So... Yay! I think that's the cleanest intro we've had that, I know. in ages. And so, <laughs> it was like so clean, I was waiting for something so we to go were, wrong. Yeah, like, oh. yeah, we were just kind of sitting in stunned silence there for a second, like, hang on, did we actually get it in one? Wait, this can't be right. What the fuck? <laughs> Progress. Usually I have something to make fun of uh, Jack for, like he says something wrong, and usually the first part of the show is me making fun of what he said. Yeah. Um, so I don't even know where to go from here. Oh, this is shit. tough. There's no Damn material, it's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Ready for radio right there. Hell yeah. Uh, But yeah, so just for listeners who may not be familiar, can you tell us a little bit about what what exactly Space Jam's radio is? Absolutely. Well, the whole thing started um, nearly two years ago now. Um, I've been on radio for quite a long time. And basically... I came up with a spin-off show because I do lots of like DJ mixes. And Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to do like some kind of um, disco show. And I was like, but I wanted to be set in space. And I came up with lots of names and stuff. Like I was like saying maybe like Cosmic Crescendos, lots of really like just weak names. And then then Mm -hmm. my friend was just like, how about Space Jams? And I was like, holy shit, that's the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And then I kind of just like, I guess I was playing it safe by just playing house and disco because generally like, you know, in mainstream or commercial radio people, that's a safe thing to start off with. But mm-hmm. because I've got a very eclectic taste, I kind of just started to like, what if I add some vaporwave in there, see what happens? Or let's add some future funk and then eventually plunder phonics. And basically the show kind of transformed into a weekly thing. And then I aired it on a bunch of stations and I, it just changes genres every single week. And to be honest, it just kind of caters for my music listening because mm-hmm. I often change my mind quite a lot. Like one week I'll be into disco, then I'll quite fancy like some lo-fi hip hop. Like my, I change all the time. So I guess hey. it, it was just a show that kind of allowed me to just carry on doing what I'm doing and just, mm. and it somehow worked. And then I kind of just got some, reached out to some like DJs and producers to get them to see if I'm going to do a guest mix. And then mm-hmm. Started to get that rolling. And then, yeah, we've now done 60 shows. Uh, so I've had 60 artists and it's always myself in the first hour. And yeah, we've just had lots of crazy shows. And it's been amazing because I've had some of my idols on there now, like some people that I never thought I'd be able to collaborate with. And they've just come on the show and everyone tends to like it because they can play what they want. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just been fun. And people seem to kind of engage with it really. And yeah, I'm quite happy. I'm just massive blessed to all those that have listened and allowed me to carry on doing what I'm doing because it's quite a highlight of my week, to be honest. Just Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, Jack. Uh, so you were saying you had some of your idols on there. Uh, would you mind saying like what some of those influential artists yeah. are that you've had? Oh, for sure. Now's a great time to name drop. You know, it's not a, an ashamed thing to do on this show. You can drop all the names you want. So I had Pit... <laughs> May have had Pitbull. No, I don't have Pitbull. Um, <laughs> um, well, actually, this name drop it seriously. This is one of my um, idols, and you guys, I'm pretty sure you know who he is. Um, Peace Us. Oh, oh hell yes. yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, because, uh, yeah, I just was so gobsmacked when he said yes, and uh, it was a really good show, one of the most received ones, and it was just amazing mm. because I listened to his music you know, since the dawn of Plunderphonic, since, you know, Pogo became a thing, and then the whole... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you still call it the Pogo Mix community, but you know that era when obviously more and more people kind of branched out and did their own thing. And mm-hmm. I remember like, I used to catch like P-Susses and Dynamos. They used to do like this DJ live stream. Do you guys ever watch yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like, yeah. it was like on, I think it was like Ustream. I think it's like a defunct uh, platform now. Oh, right, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, I remember that. And it, But it was mad. They would just play like, it was, they play like Justice and they played, you know, lots of collected tunes, but they just, they've just got, you know, one of Pogo's, Star Wars mixes mixed in there and it just kind of gave me like inspiration I suppose because they just mm. they just well, they just played what they wanted and uh, mm-hmm. yeah and he's 
And some of his albums, I mean, um, I've been listening recently to Sky Rhythms back in, I think it was quite a few years ago, 2012, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I heard that when it first came out, I mean, that album, it's just incredible. Like I've listened to it, you know, in every single state, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's just, and it just, <laughs> and it just resonates in whatever state you're in. And it's just amazing. <laughs> So uh, well, sta- by states, you mean like um, different states in the United States? Oh, yes, course, yes. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to the states of mind, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, not that, no. <laughs> yeah, it, I particularly like it when I'm in the state of California, you know. It just, yeah. <laughs> ah, yes, <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just, it was amazing to have him on. And um, yeah, and another person recently, um, Eclectic Method. Um, mm, yes. That was a real shock as well because that guy's pretty huge and um, mm-hmm. just messed him in the off chance. And uh, yeah, similar thing. He got really on board with it and it was a good show. And I like it because whenever they do those guest mixes, give me a chance to bring out some plunderphonics into the mix because I guess, like, by playing so many different genres, you attract quite a big audience. So people that might like disco, they might start following me. But those that listen every right. week, it's a chance to bring them something new. You know, mm-hmm. it's just really fun doing Plunderphonics re- remixes. You know, it's really, really eclectic. And uh, there's so many awesome artists out there. And um, and he himself, his guest mix was just insane. Like he just, mm-hmm. I asked I asked him, I was like, um, oh, you have like a couple of weeks to do it. And he gave it to me like in a few hours. He had like a video made for it and everything. Like dude's a machine. He's crazy. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the best. Yeah, he's... um. I don't. He doesn't see. I don't know if he's that well known, really. I suppose he's probably the most commercial plunderphonics artist we have, debatably. He says. I. I mean, maybe right. It's. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on like. Um, yeah, people who would define themselves as plunderphonics for sure. Yeah, if you're not counting uh, like hip hop producers and stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think pretty close. What would you say, Jack? I mean, other than like you know Pogo. Um. As least, at least as far as like the people that we know, yeah, I'd say Pat's definitely up there. Uh, but were you referring to Pat or were you referring to, there was another artist you mentioned. Um, eclectic Method, yeah. Eclectic yeah. Method. Um, but he's um, he's a bit more, yeah, I would say he's probably almost as big as Pogo just because like mm-hmm. he does commissions from what I understand. So, um, oh, sure. So he did like a Rick and Morty remix, which is amazing. But like that was commissioned by Adult Swim, I'm pretty sure. So he is getting, like Pogo, he's getting full mm-hmm. out commissions. Yeah, I think he's pretty big because I think he's more kind of, ele- he's less plunderphonics, more kind of, I guess, sampling, mm. more electronic, really. Like he just kind of, I don't know, he just kind of caters for more, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's crazy. Like I say, I'm just very grateful to where I've gotten so far, really, and blessed to all those that have tuned in. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, since since we do, uh, you know, talk a lot about plunderphonics music on this podcast, um, yeah. since we're plunderphonics producers, um, what kind of got you into that genre? Was it Pogo stuff or was it something else? So it was Pogo. If I remember correctly, it was the movie Up had just come out. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and so I think Pixar commissioned the tracker Up Upula. Um, yep, mm-hmm. yep. So, and I remember seeing that at the time because I saw it in the Pixar YouTube channel. It was just like, um, oh, check out this really cute remix. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I, I watched it. I thought that was kind of cool. And it was really weird. Like a year later, I think I then saw Up on dvd or something mm-hmm. uh, and then i remember just like oh yeah i remember there was a quite an interesting remix i didn't really remember it but i was like i remember there was this interesting remix about it then i right. then found it on pogo's channel and then that's when i discovered all of his other stuff and i just mm-hmm. had a full-on to be graphic just a music gasm i just exploded <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just exploded i was like there's so much oh my god and then i kind of I just followed him for years and stuff. I mean, I used to listen and watch to everything Pogo did. You know, I used to watch all of his, like, random, him just driving around in a car, eating sausage rolls and chatting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I remember yeah. those days, yeah. Just like, cha- yeah. just, like, chatting shit. And obviously, like, his voice was, like... But his voice was so easy to listen to. And I heard, like, his, like, Radio Pogo stuff. And, yeah, I just followed him for a while. And then I think slowly, I think I just discovered everyone else, really. I think uh, Dynamo was next. Mm-hmm. I think sure. because you know in the beginning everyone kind of really stuck to the whole like standard Disney remake. You know how like it, it it's it's evolved a bit. I can't describe it, but you know it used to just be standard Disney, just lots of quotes meshed in. Or like it was like more right. of a mashup. But yeah, I think like at the beginning it was very much like a fan service. You know because obviously like the nostalgia. So obviously Pogo would remake some of the movies you watched as a kid and stuff. But then if I would right. say for example I would see like a 
I wasn't looking for the artist. I was looking for, I then see on like the recommended, I see like a Fox and the Hound remix. I was like, oh my God, I love Fox and Hound. So I'll just go based on my nostalgia, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now what's good about it, uh, Plunderphonics now, is that it's less about the fan service because now like, yeah, people are doing literally clearly the stuff that they listen to. Like some person is like a, I think I saw a Steven Universe remix on there somewhere the other day. Oh, oh. sure, yeah. Okay. And and just yeah, just everything. So people are starting out by doing their favorite films. So I think that's just how I kind of got into it, really. I just listened. I got lost in the nostalgia. And then the other artists kind of developed themselves a bit more. Like P-Sus, he just, you know, did some really beautiful ambient lo-fi type mm. stuff. And then mm. uh, Jish was more like, he did some chip tune type stuff. And then mm-hmm. Dynamo, I think he kind of went... Sounds like he went like, down the future funk vaporwave kind of route in oh, some of his sure. tracks, yeah. and it's great. So, and that's why I like it the most. People have kind of stuck with it, but they've developed themselves a bit more. And you know, the same with you guys. So, I think it's that's kind of I think nostalgia ultimately draws lots of people into Splendorphonics. But then, if you really dig the artist, you'll then kind of follow their music journey, I suppose. Oh, for sure, man. Uh, have you ever tried your hand at producing? It's on my list of things among other things um uh-huh. i mean i've got an endless list of stuff like i need to paint my bedroom shelves for example <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah it's it's something called, i think at the moment i'm because i my big thing was to learn how to dj then to build the brand to put on some nights in the uk so i'm, I'm focusing more on that kind of route at the moment like i'm trying to put on like i'd love to put on a plunderphonics night at some point that's my big aim hey yes. yeah Dude, that'd be sick. Yeah, I just think because there's, 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 there's got to be a need for it. Um, I think, and I just thought if we could just get like you know, imagine like Pogo Eclectic Methods, um, and just have like GSP certain, you know, just everyone would come over for it. I think for sure. And both both Nick and um, Eclectic Method, they're both up for it when I spoke to them about it. So it'll happen at some point. The only awkward thing is obviously just everyone's located all over the world. You know, right. You guys are scattered in America, in you know the states. Nick's mm-hmm. in Australia. Some of us are here in the UK. It's just mm-hmm. trying to find a neutral meeting ground is quite tough. But I know there's been some gigs. Like I think Pogo played. I saw Pogo in Paris a few years ago. Have you guys heard of that one? Yeah, I remember Josh went to that one. Yeah, he told me a little bit about that. That was the one in Paris. That's what you said. Oh, it was insane. Yeah, it was like. Yeah. I remember I turned up and because it was in, it was in the Rex Club, which is quite a famous club. I think like Daft Punk used to play there back in the day. Really, oh, wow. really, yeah, yeah. really famous club. But the first artist, I can't remember his name. It was a bit slow, and people. It the, basically the place was empty. I remember just being like, "Oh no, I really hope this isn't you know shit." <laughs> right. But then Nick came out, and I remember it was on really awkward times. Like I think the the event started at like at midnight. I think didn't start until midnight. And he came on at two in the morning. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Um, and then I think Eclectic Method was on at four, but I had a coach to catch at 7 a.m. And I was very drunk. Oh. And, in, and I was just trying to basically not die in Paris. So it was a small sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. That's a good goal, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically not dying in Paris. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just staying alive in general is good, but, you know, especially when Paris, you're in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, Jack, have you ever uh, met any of the the British Plunderphonics boys? Like you, you got Jeesh, of course. You got Riverman, Mr. Simon. Have you met any of these guys? I I, I have kind of reached out to Jeesh uh, because he'd be another great. I'm sure he'd I'd love to hear a guest mix from him at some point. I I've, I think I've yeah, tried yeah. to. I haven't quite done that yet. I think I I will aim to Riverman. I think I've I've spoken to. Um, yeah, he's a good sweet. friend. Yeah, yeah, I've spoken to Riverman and. Mr. Simon, I, I, I haven't heard anything from that guy from a while. Is he still producing? That's a good question. I believe he is. Yeah. I want to say he did a live stream of sorts a couple months ago. Um, yeah. I unfortunately wasn't able to make it to that, but I think he's still doing stuff, even mm. even if on an, like an on and off basis. Yeah. I, I've, yeah, I remember back, because I remember his stuff was quite different. It was um, like a, quite hectic in a good way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you remember there's like a Dexter's Lab remix album? Do you remember that? Oh, Disruptor, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was him. That was great as well because he had lots of collaboration. Because I remember the track by uh, G Show, is it Electrochemistry? Yes. Yeah. Chemistry. Electrochemistry or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. I mean, I'm a yeah, really, really good, good. I'm a really huge, good track. I'm a huge G fan as well. He's got such a real unique style. He's got real signature, I would say, actually. Like mm-hmm. he's, when he did the Legend of Zelda remix, I was just. Oh, like, oh. yeah. That but it's so impressive. Like the, all the all the sounds, mm-hmm. like the whole the little segment with just like the menu scrolling, you know, like yeah, that was that was inc- that was crazy. 
And like, it seems like quite a big project to remix something like that because you've got lots more sounds to play with than you do in like an hour and a half movie. So kudos oh, yeah. to him. And of course, Ocarina of Time, you know, mm-hmm. that shit slaps. Hell yeah. <laughs> you think about it. I actually got to meet up with Jish. Uh, God, this was many years ago now, uh, but I was studying abroad in the UK at the time and we met up and I got to actually see the project file for that. And like, yeah, it was insane. Uh, yeah. It, it was insane to just look at how he put it together. And, oh, God, that was a really cool experience, just being able to hang out with him. Uh, he's a cool dude. Yeah, and um, I like, I like he, he does lots of, like, he did a track of kind of just remixing the life around him. But I think a few of them, I think I know, like, Patrick's done that as well with uh, The Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, no, that's kitschy. Kitschy, yeah. that's really cool as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 that one's so good. Yeah. That's like, that's like, uh, oh, man, old school. I miss those days so much. Yeah, it's just... I would say like Plunderphonics was a lot more, there was a lot more activity back in the day. I don't think it's dead at all, but yeah, just back in the days when it was just starting out and there was just all kinds mm-hmm. of people just pulling out all the stops, you know, it was, it was great. Yeah, everyone kind of came into it at like a similar age, you know, where we, we all had more free time and, <laughs> and more energy. We didn't have full-time jobs, you know, like it was, yeah. it was like this really fun community because we were always like online talking, we were always you know skyping we're always like making music and bouncing things off each other and yeah yeah it, it is tough when uh everyone <clears throat> you know becomes uh, has a career and things like that yeah it changes crushed by life <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's 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 a shame but it does happen um, yeah because back in back in my college days like even despite how busy i was i still had a lot more free time yeah uh, and that's something that you don't necessarily realize at the time until until you don't have it anymore yeah, there there was definitely a year or two where we 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 basically talked nonstop. The, the, our small group. Yeah, you know we, we were either working on music or playing Team Fortress Two. It was, yeah, all yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> circa two thousand and twelve or something. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Yeah, good times, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, like, kudos to you guys for like getting into producing at college. You know, because that's that's I know loads of people. You know, I didn't. I wasn't doing any kind of music until I was like. 25 i didn't do any projects like that so it's amazing that you use your time back then because you, you did recognize that you had some time to spare you know mm-hmm. well honestly it's it's never too late to get into it um yeah i mean even if you just want to like open up a project file and start with a source material and just see what fucking happens um yeah. like like honestly like don't let yourself be constrained by age or what have you no right yeah for sure no definitely so can I actually, do you mind if I ask you guys a question? Oh, no, 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 go right ahead. Sure, yeah, go ahead. So, like, what kind of influences do you, you guys have to get into music? Like, who did you listen to before, would you say? Like, mm. not necessarily, like, Plunderphonics, like, who were your just influences growing up? Oh, damn. I would say the stuff I, I grew up listening to that inspired me to do this stuff was definitely, like, hip-hop and rap and stuff like that of the early 2000s. Yeah. And um, the sampling always stuck out to me and the turntablism, which you don't really hear too much anymore. But um, the sampling was always my favorite part. I loved when they would, you know, pull up an old record sample or something like that. Um, obviously, like Wu-Tang, that kind of stuff. But even, like, deeper stuff than that. And those were always my favorite moments in these records that I would listen to that my brother would would listen to with me when I was a kid, like pretty young. And I think that's kind of like what started my love of sampling was listening to these old, uh, older hip hop records, like from the nineties and stuff. And then I, obviously the other one for me, I, I've said this a bunch of times uh, on this podcast, but, um, uh, craft work was the, was a big one. For oh, me. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, maybe Daft Punk is like similar yep. in that nature to them. Um, but craft work is kind of how I got into electronic music and, and uh, the the fact that, you know, they were making like synthesizer music before anyone and making it's like it still holds up to date. Like it's, there's still bangers and they were made so long ago. It's insane to me um, how how well that holds up. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I would say that a big one for me would be craft work for sure. Yeah. Well, nice. For me, like I honestly didn't really get into the electronic scene before I stumbled across Pogo's music. And that was when I kind of dived into uh, into his music, and then from from his music, like learning about other artists who did similar stuff, like like Dynamo and Pieces and Jeesh. and then yeah. from there, uh, like expanding back into like Steve, you brought up Daft Punk earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I was familiar with uh, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, but then I 
dived back into the album that was also Discovery and mind-blowing example of masterful, masterful bits of sampling. Yeah, that album's just insane. Yeah, it just, again, like words kind of fail. Because how do you... I, I struggle with describing things to no, begin no, with. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the same. Well, I was just remembering though, like, do you, do you guys have you guys have Cartoon Network over there, right? We do. Yeah. Because I remember in the UK, um, oh yeah, of course, I think pretty sure it's an American thing. Um, but but um, when I was growing up, they used to have like in the adverts in between the shows, they used to, you know, the the Discovery, they did like a movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to show like just like a random. They just have a song. They just have like a segment of the story. So I just grew up and they just, you know, rather be played like, um, yeah, they play like one more time in between tracks and they have this cool, you know, cartoon to watch. I remember mm-hmm. just growing up with that. And then like years later, when I discovered Discovery, I was like, oh my God, like I, I know, I, I know this album already. How do I know this? And then like, oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Cartoon Network was amazing back in the day. Well, the Dexter's Lab era, the amazing times. Right. <laughs> Were you like a 90s kid? I, I don't know how old you are, uh, British Jack. Yes, I'm so I'm 90s kid, so I was born in 91. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Big time 90s kids. It's funny because because um, I work quite a lot um, with the synthwave community. Because I'm putting on mm-hmm. like, obviously synthwave, it's based upon the whole 80s memorabilia. And I do like that, but at its core, I just can't wait for like, you know, obviously, all the '80s are making a huge comeback, like with Stranger Things. This is being referenced mm-hmm. in culture. I and there's often like lots of nights, hence why there's like synthwave nights and things. I just can't wait for the big '90s revival. Do you know what I mean? Like when the the, the point where we all everyone look, looks back and goes, yeah. oh, the '90s were cool. It was cool as <laughs> the well. The '90s were nice, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I just yeah, just all the random stuff. Like just yeah, like big '90s kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, for me, even though, yeah, I grew up with 90s music and all that, I, the, I, the stuff from the 80s feels nostalgic for me. And I, oh, yeah. I don't know exactly why, uh, but just the synthesizers and everything. Oh, my God. Like that always feels like home to me. Maybe it's just because I was listening to 80s music growing up instead of 90s stuff with my parents. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. But yeah, I definitely I like that 80s aesthetic. It just gives you like it gives you nostalgia for a time that you weren't even alive for you just feel right just feel like you were there you know you just like you know if, if you watch stranger things or the movie drive or whatever yeah you do just get very connected to the music and like you know you watch any movie like when you just see the cool cafes like back to the future the cool cafes and stuff you just kind of appreciate the retroness of it all i suppose mm-hmm. that's that's funny you bring up the drive soundtrack because i i think it was the summer that movie came out i think that was around the time i started actually dabbling with music and that was a hu- that was a huge moment for me was was some of the the tracks on there i was just like oh shit this is so good yeah it's a phenomenal movie it is if i'm honest i don't think much happens in the movie it's lots of just ryan gosling just brooding and looking into the distance but he does like jump on someone's face in an elevator until there's blood everywhere <laughs> oh yeah an image that sticks in my mind <laughs> yeah i just it's just yeah, the soundtrack, just the real human oh, being yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, no, it was amazing. And like, yeah, what's tra- the opening track? Um, Night Call by uh, Kavinsky. Oh man, yes, yes. Like the first time I heard that, it just like blew me away. Oh yeah, Kavinsky is really good. But I mean, Night Call is just awesome. It's a very good track, and the whole album Phenomenal. he did was good. Yeah, yeah no. I don't know if I've ever listened to the whole album. Maybe I'll have to uh, put that on my uh, to do list. It's really good. Like another sort of mainstream synthwave artist uh Comtrues. you guys must have heard Comtrues. yeah of course yeah. yeah like he's i suppose he's kind of regarded as a synthwave artist sort of but yeah he's done some cracking stuff he did like a remix of uh taiko i think and that was just amazing oh sure yeah yeah i think like Ta- taiko is one of my all-time favorites as well and that's why i kind of like patrick's music as well just because the real uh just the bohemian kind of just feel of it all again you kind of reminisce for a time you weren't even alive for yeah Right. I know it's it's weird, isn't it? It's like this weird like sense that you have of like something feels right and you don't know why. But yeah, it's that's exactly how to sum it up. I just feel like such a hipster though. It's like you weren't there, man. I wasn't there. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It feels wrong in a way. I'm like I'm not allowed to like 80s music cuz you know I wasn't alive for it, but that's just all yeah. I want well, to I mean, listen to. You're allowed to like it. You're allowed to like music, Steve. Okay. Thank you. It's fine. You can enjoy <laughs> music you, of any era. Damn it. 
Uh, it just feels like you're like, I don't know, you're cheating a little bit to be like my favorite. I don't know. It's like if uh, someone born in the 2000s was like, I love 90s like hip hop. I would be like, yeah, but hey, <laughs> you weren't there for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is like this weird ownership. It doesn't yeah, necessarily but... matter if you weren't there for it. If it resonates with you, it fucking resonates with you. You know? Yes, I agree. I agree. Of course. Oh, yeah. But but like I get where you're coming from with that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like some people just give me that attitude. Where you're like, you weren't alive for the 80s. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> tell, tell us uh, a British Jack. I don't know what else to refer to you as, um, <laughs> unfortunately, because it's confusing otherwise. Tell us a little bit about your influences, like kind of what got you into DJing. Uh, well, I mean, I kind of grew up liking... I had like a real house music phase for many years. I still kind of like house music a little bit, but now it's a lot more defined. I guess I've always enjoyed going to gigs. I've always enjoyed like that kind of atmosphere, you know, but I think it was just, yeah, what kind of crafted me to get into Space Jumps was just when I started to listen to the obscure stuff, you know, and that's why like, see, that's right, you know, I listened to, you know, I did listen to Plunderfunks a bit, but I think like, I would say like, I remember I discovered Vaporwave. I know this is going to be a real hit or miss statement. People either love Vaporwave or they freaking hate it. But right. <laughs> but I remember just getting really hooked on that. Then I got into Future Funk, which is really fast paced. I think that's kind of what really made me want to do it because I thought this is you know this the shit is fun. You know, it's just it's really sped up Japanese city pop and it's just really fast disco music. I think it was mostly that to be honest. And then I kind of got into disco quite a lot. Like I said, I just like everything really. I guess I've just had lots of music experiences like i like listen to albums but it's when i've seen cert- certain bands live and just capturing that magic like when i saw underworld live and Tycho live and the xx mm. certain bands just their live performance and just that feeling you kind of get you know you're like i want to kind of like recreate many for me you know because obviously these mixes the one guaranteed thing is that <laughs> i'll always listen to them if no one else does <laughs> it's just yeah i think it's just I don't know how to describe it. It's just the obscure music that people didn't listen to is what got me into DJing, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's why, like, you know, it's it's, it's great to come on and chat with you guys. And I was really excited for this because, you know, it's... It's like a little cult, isn't it? Like plunder. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> it's it like, is. Yeah. These, these are my people. They understand me, you know. And like, yeah. <laughs> and it's, and, it's so true. And the same with like synthwave. I'm not a big atheist nut, and I listen. I, I do, you know. I listen to a fair bit of it, but it's the fact that you know I used to listen, watch these YouTube mixes of synthwave for years, and suddenly like you find these people that go to gigs. You're like, oh my god, and like all these people, you know, like it's like I mean, you guys, you know, we we could be very different people, different lives, mm. but we're brought together by this 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 genre of music you know mm-hmm. and um but yeah i think my one of my all time some of my biggest influences are definitely uh acufin as well yep yes dude is just insane like the stuff he does um i remember like he did the psychometry releases that they were amazing um who else uh do you guys know dakobi i'm not familiar with him no what was that dakobi Deco- um Kobe, no. Can you spell that? Uh so D E K O B E. Oh, okay. Just like it sounds. Yeah. yeah. Very similar to um Pisas, I would say. Just that kind of oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Like more like more like modern Pisas, you know, with the whole kind of lo-fi hip hop kind of vibe, but just really just decent music. Right on. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. Is it is it like sampling stuff or is it more like um... No, this is just more kind of chill. Like there's a song, it's just very, very good, just kind of beats. Not aggressive, mm. not aggressive, and just very like moving and soulful, kind of a mm-hmm. bit like um, Ninja Bess. Oh sure, yes, yeah, yeah. Ninja Bess was great as well. Like R.I.P. Man, it sucked that he died. It really yeah. was. Yeah, really, that's crazy. Yeah, I think like what people, I think everyone should kind of check in with their friends and see what they're listening to because you know whenever like I've I've discovered some amazing people through some of my best friends and vice versa because you know we individually find really cool stuff that no one knows so it's like i think people don't connect with their friends and people enough with music in that regard people don't share enough mm. yeah i know what you mean it, it seems like kind of a private thing in a way yeah um sometimes because it's like my, my best friend he loves peace us because i showed him peace us and now he's more hot on peace us than i am like he's already way ahead of any release that he does and it's just he never would have found that had i not just gone oh just just listen mm-hmm. to it <laughs> 
Man, this is great to know there's so many PSAS fans in the world. Yeah. I, I hope Pat's listening. Shout out to Pat. Yeah. Big shout out. He's very talented as well, isn't he? From what I've seen, like he's very... All the, he, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He can just pick up any instrument and play it and just, you know, like guitars and whatever. It's amazing. Seems like, yeah. He's playing piano from a pretty young age. Yeah, and it seems like at this point he just, yeah, I'll, I'll play this thing. I'll try this thing. And he seems to be really good at anything he tries. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Jack is also a musician. Uh, I I am one of the. I'm just one of those pretenders, you know. I'm just like, eh, I can, I can make uh, electronic music. That counts. No, I'm <laughs> without <laughs> without knowing how instruments work. <laughs> it's great. No, no, I, I am familiar with your stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I you used one of my songs in um, at least one set, maybe a couple sets. I'm forgetting now, but yeah, that was super awesome to see. Because yeah, again, it's just like. Sometimes you have no idea who's listening to your music or if anyone actually cares. You're just kind of putting stuff out, you know, and yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see something like that happen. So thank you. Well, I remember like you guys stuck out with the uh, collaborate stuff that you guys do. That's how yeah. that's yeah. how I that's how I got familiar with you guys, I think. And I remember. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the stuff that you guys did was really cool. Um, I do like the name Think Fish Tank. It really stood out. I don't know why. I think it's I think it's because um, I kept th- thought I was having like eye trouble because I was like I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to read. It. I was like, it, Think Fish Tank. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a tongue twister for your brain. But, uh, that is meant yeah. to be. That is meant to be a compliment, by the way. That came out doesn't sound like one, but it is. <laughs> no, no, no. I know, I know you meant. <laughs> I, I just had this brilliant idea this afternoon um, for like, you know, sometimes it's fun to get like samples of like someone saying your artist name or whatever. Yeah. Um, like I, I have one from like a radio program that I, I've I've gotten my files that I'm going to use eventually. I, I figured today because my handle on Xbox is, is the same thing as Thinkfish Tank. I was like, I should just patch in like patch in my SP404 into my Xbox and just record all the people talking shit to me. <laughs> and then have like some like insults at the beginning of my tracks. Just like, think for take, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> Things like that. That would be a fun drop. I'm banging your mom, think fish. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Literally, it's so funny because yeah, again, like the name kind of like sticks out in a weird way. So people will just like, you know, they're on mic. They're just like calling out shit. So I thought that'd be really funny if I could get some choice samples. Oh, Lord. Oh, I don't I don't miss those days of the angry 13 year olds playing Call of Duty. I used to play Call oh of Duty. Oh my God, I know. I thought we had, I, for some reason, I thought we were kind of like past that era, but nope. They're still just like 13 to 20 year olds that just like talking shit for no reason. It's the, I same, mean, it's the same kids. They can't age. That's why they're so pissed off. They're stuck at 13. That's right. That's right. <laughs> gotta let it out somehow, I guess. <laughs> it's just like, and they're saying the same shit too. Like, it's like saying the same shit we were saying 10 years ago. Oh, man. It's like, you haven't, nobody's come up with better insults. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> it's Get a vicious with... cycle. Yeah, it really is. So are you guys, um, are you guys gamers? I, I am for sure. I, I won't speak for Jack, but yeah, I definitely am. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I don't know if I can call myself a gamer, but I'm, I'm juggling like way more video games than I should be. And I don't, I don't have like the attention span to focus on mm. one of them for a specific amount of time. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, at least as far as like multiplayer play, I don't do that a whole lot. For me, it's mostly uh, these days, it's single player stuff where I'm just kind of going through these stories. Yeah, I suppose I'm the same, really. Like, I think I'm playing Breath of the Wild at the moment, finally. Oh, oh nice. nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because I don't have time often, so I spend half... And take, it's taken me ages because that game is yeah. so complex and there's so much you have to do. And I'm just like... Oh, yeah, it's massive. Every time I log in, I'm like, why am I here? What was I doing last time? How do I do that? And then... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy. I forget the the how the game works every time I, I punch back in. It's There's so many things to remember. I don't know what it is about that game. But I was like, well, how do I how do I climb? Uh, what, what's my purpose? What am I doing? Yeah, because there's so fly? much you could do. Collecting? <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. It like overwhelms me, honestly. Yeah, like, um, I kind of prefer, if I'm being honest, it might be controversial. I, pref- I know it's open world, it's cool, but I kind of miss the whole closed narrative a little bit, you know, from the older, yeah. the older Zelda games, I guess like, I don't know. I know it's the future. It's good, but I miss dungeons as well. That's the- mm. oh, there are dungeons in Breath of the Wild too. Like th- those are still there. Those are still mm-hmm. there. You just gotta have to. You, you kind of have to find them. I'm too busy trying uh, the- to find my horse. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the temples. Those aren't dungeons, right? Yeah. There are the temples, but I feel like. Okay, I can't speak to it because I've only played it for like five hours so far. But I feel like there's there's also like 
bosses and dungeons in Breath yeah. of the Wild. I can't again. Don't there, quote there me on bosses. that. Don't yeah. don't quote me on that. <laughs> again, some real like hardcore <laughs> Nintendo guys got to come on here and like talk shit about us. Yeah. In the <laughs> you guys don't know fucking shit about Breath of the Wild. No. Oh. It's a good game. I suppose, uh, me personally, I guess I've just stuck to a Nintendo boy now. Like, I'd love to get a PlayStation, a PS5, but I, I'm just... Mm. I guess I'm sticking to the Switch, I suppose, because um, I like how Nintendo, they're not really doing that many releases, so I feel I can catch up and play, you know, what's been out there, I suppose. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I did try Fortnite, and oh my god, it was awful. I just didn't know oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I never got into it, but I'm definitely... Mm. Yeah, neither did the, I. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone, which is you know similar in nature, it's a battle royale. I, I it's I was so addicted to that during the quarantine. Oh, I just yeah. put so many hours into that. <laughs> it's fun though, man. It, it's it's a blast. Oh uh, yeah, once you kind of get the hang of it. Yeah, so I think um, this game's getting tense. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was the first console you guys had? Oh gosh, the first non PC console that I had was a Nintendo GameCube. Oh wow! Um, and then after after that, my family got a Wii at some point. And then after that, it was nothing until I got a PS4 for my birthday. Uh, I, was, I think that was like a year or two ago that I finally got a PS4. And then, and then after the P- shortly after I got the PS4, I got a Switch as well. And that's that's where I'm at right now. I've got I've got my PlayStation 4. I've got my Nintendo Switch. And my GameCube is still with me, but it is in a box somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I was definitely a PC gr- gamer growing up. That's like what my dad yeah. had. That's what we gamed on. And I think I, there was an N64 at some point in my childhood. And it wasn't really till high school I got a Xbox 360. And oh, that, okay, you know, yeah. that was that was like a game changer at the time. Oh, and then, yeah. of course, with the, the next generation, I got the PS4. And then later on in the generation, I got the Xbox one x that's the newest one i think yeah and uh i I can't go back to my ps4 just because it's like such a like the the one x is just like so insanely powerful oh is it um uh, yeah it's absurd i i do miss the exclusives though because i mean i still got my ps4 but i don't even like to fire it up because it it, like loads so slow in comparison to the one x i'm like i can't handle this it like makes me grumpy every time i don't know why (laughs) but then of course you know the switch too i get i get too many too, too many gaming things going on at once i don't i don't know how to focus on one. Oh, that's a mood um yeah for sure but the switch is great fun on the go and uh you know all the nintendo exclusives that i didn't, didn't really play too much growing up that, that's great stuff mm-hmm. but yeah how about you british jack tell us about your gaming life um well the positive of being a divorced child is that you, I, I had two consoles so i had a playstation right. <laughs> I had I had a PlayStation at my mum's and I had an N64 at my dad's. Um, yeah, I kind of just... I remember I, I got the Dreamcast. You remember the Dreamcast? Yeah. Oh, that, con- sure. that console, like, it's a shame because I know that's the console that ended Sega. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it was such a... It was weird because it, it had so much potential. Like, it was the first console that had, like, online play and everything. And... Some of the games they had on there was just ridiculously quality, but there was just a lot of crap on there, and it didn't really, it didn't really take off. But I remember I loved the Dreamcast so much because I used to love. Um, on a, the first console I had was a, a Mega Drive because I grew up playing Sonic the Hedgehog. That's always to play for years. Right, right. And then I think since then I just kind of like just played consoles here and there. But yeah, I bought myself a Switch Lite recently. Um, nice. Yeah, I think I, I used to play. My mates Xbox used to play like yeah, Call of Duty, like zombies, like religiously. I think it was Black mm-hmm. Black Ops one or two with the Yeah, yeah. Good time. With the bus. Do you remember the one with the bus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was Oh shit. Which one is that? I think that's one. Yeah. But I kind of just yeah, I, I would just I accepted that I mean I got a bit better at playing online. I think like I think I played Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three. I think we actually bought that game at launch. Like bought mm-hmm. it at midnight. And then we played it, you know, non like for a day straight, didn't sleep, just played it. And then so I was able to be good because I was one of the first people to play it. But right. I just I accepted off but because I didn't practice, I accepted after that that I was just not very good and I was getting shot. So I would just kind of dick <laughs> I would just kind of like dick about and just like 
I, I yeah, I'd like the thing when like when everyone was trying to like frantically fend off the zombies, get on the bus. I was like running around in the distance trying to find the driver or something. <laughs> or just, <laughs> just like because <laughs> I used to watch on YouTube. There used to be these like series called like How to Annoy Call of Duty Players. I don't know if you ever saw that? Um, no, he was like, sounds good. It was on a uh, mach- Machinima. I don't know if that's still going or Mach- yeah, yeah. I don't know if that exists. Does it? Yeah, I think they might still be making stuff, but I oh. don't know. Yeah, weird. But yeah, they used to have like he was like a quali- he was a quality Call of Duty player, and he would literally go on there just to wind up like twelve year olds. Like literally, like they would be like pinned, and he'd be like trying to like climb over the map. It's like I'm gonna find some help. We're outnumbered, and like you just hear these like twelve year olds like, "No, fucking die!" It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that brings back so many memories. That that era of gaming, yeah, just like staying up all night from a midnight release, like the Halo games and. Yeah, you've kind of uh, lost. You've lost. You've lost yeah. that now, and that was quite. It was quite yeah, exciting yeah. time. Just being so weird. Just being up at midnight, queuing up to go into the game shop, and then just yeah, just playing it. And, and it was exciting. That, that's when I liked it because you know everybody was online at that point. Like all of my friends were all up at three in the morning playing Modern Warfare three or whatever it was. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and that was back in the day. You could you could actually put the disc in, and the game would just play. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it's like put the disc in 50 gigabyte download okay yeah. okay it's gonna be a while <laughs> maybe tomorrow i'll play my new game yeah like because some of my um people that i work with they've got games consoles and yeah like similar thing because i just i think i'm playing the new xbox i'm like yeah just just plug it in and play and it's like two hours remaining it's like nope not today <laughs> yeah it's wild yeah it's 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 frustrating but you know at the same time gaming has has come so far it like the new um Microsoft X X Cloud is gonna sound like I'm I'm doing a Microsoft ad right now, but it's just <laughs> it you can like do you can stream your console right to your phone. Mm. Um you can stream games over the over data onto your phone. Like it's 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 insane to think about. Like that's what I've wanted my entire life is just like a little portable gaming thing that could handle massive games, you know? And it's like now we just suddenly have it. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening with gaming right now. So I feel like there's a lot of good stuff happening, but every time I think about it, I'm just like, I miss gaming in like the early 2000s, you know, it's just, <laughs> there's something so nice about it. Yeah, I think I'll quite, nine out of ten times, I'll, if, if I can see Crash Bandicoot 1 or 2 or 3 on the PlayStation lying around, I'm like, yep, I'll play that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, nostalgia is a very powerful thing, hence, you know, the since hence the creation of the Plunderphonics seem rolling. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's all it is, yeah, it's all connected. <laughs> it is. Wow, you brought it right back. But nice work. Yeah, full. You circle. can tell he does this. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> That's way better than the. We have two hosts on this show, and we can't even <laughs> we can't even manage to do that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what's your process kind of like what, as you're curating and selecting things for? Uh, Space Jam's radio. Is it a matter of like you're just kind of going through your Spotify, or I don't I don't know how, how do you how do you go about selecting things? I use um, SoundCloud, and I know that mm-hmm. I kind of publish it everywhere. But I know SoundCloud, not many people use it. But there's just lots of lots of music on SoundCloud. Obviously, Spotify, there's just endless stuff. And um, I guess yeah, I know that some artists don't publish on Spotify anymore because of the shit payout that they're getting right. per, per play i guess i kind of just go on i mean i think my algorithms have become quite good because soundclose used to just me being random as hell and changing my mind so they tend to like <laughs> load up some songs well i guess it started out by me just kind of not arrogantly as such but playing what i wanted to play for radio mm-hmm. but now but now i've kind of streamlined a bit so that i'm kind of i am doing some promoting as well because now i've gone through quite a lot of genres and scenes i've met lots of different people so i, I i've got a slightly better understanding about who's who and who's got some stuff coming out you know like so i try to cater for that as well so i kind of Mm -hmm. like i guess yeah now i kind of look i look to artists that i know or you know i'm familiar with and see if they've got anything new then i'll kind of just go on a bit of a journey really and um see what kind of sounds together and um yeah mixing it's either a really fun instant process or you just get like writer's block and nothing you do sounds right it just Uh uh-huh like oh boy (laughs) <laughs> you, you kind of look at like two tracks it's like well that's going to go together and then it's just like it's like nope that's not going to go together <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm familiar with with the artist block and nothing sounding how you want it to sound so like mm. i i 
I think we all can relate to that. Especially when you have a deadline, it always seems to happen then. Like, God. You've just got you've just got to kind of like learn when to stop and take a break because often when you return, it doesn't sound as bad as you thought it did yesterday sometimes. Do you know what I mean? That is true. Yeah, yeah. And then other times it's the exact opposite. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this worked. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. It does. I, I used to have this theory and I, I think I would talk to Jack about this is that um, yeah, it, it always sounds better like the morning after because, you know, we used to when we were younger, we would stay up till, you know, three, four, whatever, working on music all the time. And yeah, I, you don't really know what it sounds like until you wake up in the morning and listen to it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's kind of weird mm-hmm. to say that. But um, so that's like the most honest time is like when you wake up the next day and you hear it for the first time with fresh ears. Yeah, uh, that's when I find for myself, I'm the most like the most honest sounding. But yeah, it, it it is interesting how that works. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and sometimes uh, I don't know if you've had this where it's gone the other way, where you have those brief moments of like complete. I think I did one mix and I was so confident with it. I was like, oh my god, I'm a genius. I'm the best. This is easy. And then like, <laughs> and then I listen I listen to it in the car moments before I've got to air it, and I'm like, what the fuck have I done here? <laughs> it's oh. just. <laughs> <laughs> There's always the car test, too, because things sound different in your car. So they always say, listen to it in the car while you're driving. Cause it really does. That's another way of kind of hearing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. I know. I think because, because well, as best as I can, I try and do a mix every single week. So you do get into the habit of kind of like knowing what's good. And yeah, I think just now that I'm two years in, now I've gotten to know, you know, the sounds of certain genres and who's good. It, it does make it very easy to put some mixes together. And it's like a chance for me to catch up as well. You know, obviously I've done two Plunderphonics shows now. When the next one comes around, I'd be like, right, what's going on with, you know, you two, what's going on with these guys? What mm-hmm. have you? And then, so I, I will, I make sure I try and include as many artists as I can, but I always pick, you know, what flows. I don't just put something in for the sake of it, but generally you can fit most things together. I think I've mixed most things. I mean, the, the eclectic method show. I mean, that was a very eclectic show in general because I mixed in like drum and bass, lo-fi hip hop, house, and then mm-hmm. you've just got lots of like studio jubilee, plunderphonics in between. It, it, oh, it nice! Kind of, it kind of worked, I guess. Yeah, I really liked it. That I definitely listened to that one because um, I I think you did a track of mine on there, so I was I was aware of it happening. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the mix for sure. That was oh, nice. that was a really fun listen. Both your set and Eclectic Method, they're both really good. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was good. It was good fun. And um, what's always helpful as well is that I, when I get the guest mix, that kind of helps a lot because you kind of they'll send you something and you know where you you'll, how the first hour needs to sound like. So mm-hmm. yeah, so obviously whatever they play, you kind of think, well, you know, I don't know, say if it's like a, a, a house mix, maybe they go down more the techno vibe. It's like, well, I can I know I've got to go perhaps in the lighter side you know more of the chill stuff in the first you know mm-hmm. you find it's good and it's, you find ways to kind of you just kind of bounce off whatever they're doing i suppose mm. what's the actual process like of um creating the set is any of it done live or is it all programmed at the moment it's just all pre-recorded in the future like i would like to go on twitch or something um i used to do it like in a radio station i used to include commentary oh nice for the first three seasons i did but you know what i, I think i needed a break because I just got very, very cynical and just direct because I'd just be like, we're playing this now because obviously it's a good song. Like, I'm not going to justify it. It's a good song. Listen to it. And then afterwards, I'll play a better song, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's good music. (laughs) (laughs) It just got very, yeah, it just got, it kind of cheapened it a bit as well. And I think in the beginning, I... I kind of would speak over the guest mix and I think like it might have been the best idea. Like I think I actually spoke when I think when Patrick did his mix, I, I was talking all the way throughout his mix and stuff. And like, I think those days of radio were gone, you know, back in the day mm. when people used to like rely on the DJ to give the track ID, you know, cause otherwise, but now you've got like Shazam and you've got ways that people, you've got ways to find the, the music or people, most people listen to podcasts. So people can find out the track if they need to. So I, I don't right. think it requires a dude just going, this is the track, by the way. This is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and I guess I just, yeah, I ran out of things to say. I kept just doing template phrases. Just right. became, oh, like, sure. became like a shell of my former self. I was like, this track is groovy, man. I was like, who's that? Like, what, what, <laughs> <laughs> what has happened? Yeah. But I think like... I do quite like doing podcasts. I think what you guys are doing is great. I think I think lots of people listen to podcasts. And it's always good to hear a bunch of dudes share their opinion about music. You know, 
Well, thanks, man. Yeah, that, that, that sounded really cynical. I didn't mean it to be like that. It's like, yay! Who, uh, who cares what we like, think? Woo! I like to get my opinions from exclusively white males. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's the sad truth of, uh, of what we do here. But yeah, we tried our best. Just three dudes listen to music. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Was there anything else you wanted to go over? Um, do you have any ideas, Jack? Uh, American Jack? I actually had one just nerdy question for British oh, sure. Jack. Um, so as far as like when you're actually putting the sets together, uh, what DAWs are you using? Well, it kind of varies, um, to be honest, because I, I, I do have like controllers. So I'll sometimes use like Tractor. Sometimes I do use... Um, do you use Ableton sometimes? Sometimes I mm -hmm. just use Virtual DJ, to be honest, if I'm in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's very it's very simple software. A lot of it does it for you. You know, obviously it's very basic. But if you're in a hurry, it's good. And um, no, I try to. I'm trying now to use my. I use my controllers now. I think in the very beginning, first ten episodes, for being completely honest, I was literally learning to DJ as I was bringing out this show. Like you know, I hey. I, I, did, I, I was just kind of going along with it. I thought, and I you know, I think I use virtual DJ because it was straightforward. But over time, I'm now trying to yeah practice and yeah, I do basically record them as if i'm playing it live if you like like i do set it up in like the little studio that i've got mm -hmm. just because like try to do i'm kind of stepping out as a dj for next year for certain events so it's yeah it's it's good practice really but yeah various dars sweet uh between tractor and uh, virtual dj do you have a preference there i have to say um tractor now because i'm getting more familiar with it because it's yeah it, it, it does definitely you have to be a lot a lot more attentive, really, because obviously if you start with like virtual DJ where, you know, beat matching is where you can briskly sync everything up and the key yeah. pitch. So it's good that it strips it all back because eventually, like, you know, it'd be good to practice on like some CDJs, you know, obviously that wouldn't work for recording and stuff. But, you know, it's good just to go back to the basics because obviously back in the day, people wouldn't have software. There'd all be like beat matching by ear and stuff. Right. It just yeah. gives more skill, I suppose, and it gives you more confidence as well because, you know, like... But virtual DJ, it's a good place to start. But if people that only use that, they're not really prepared. If there's ever like a problem, like if something goes sure. wrong, something goes wrong live, and they have to go, or, or you know, if you turn up to a club and they just give you some random decks if it's not compatible. So I think, yeah, it's it's. I quite like Tractor, and I think you know I might move on to others, but because the moment I I just use Tractor, but yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's just good to practice on them all, really. Sure, yeah, I'm I'm actually a, a recent convert of virtual dj believe it or not i started yeah. on tractor because I, I used to do you know gig djing at like weddings and stuff like that you know yeah. just as a side gig and i started on tractor and i really like tractor but then i found out basically you can do videos through virtual dj and that was like a huge game changer yes. for me because yes I've, I've basically been building my live set like think fish tank set in virtual dj oh nice um because so, there's all kinds of ways you can like add in stuff take out stuff uh affect things um and uh yeah with the videos which you know i want my show to be all video centric mm. um yeah it's been a game changer i really love the software but yeah tractor's phenomenal as well yeah. i was just curious what from your point of view yeah like i still i still like virtual dj and uh i think it's it's a good it's a good place to start and uh, i've actually because i'm trying to get more into ableton because i actually got a launch pad years ago yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I still look, I, I look at it because I bought it at the time just as an impulse buy. And obviously, like now I'm into music and I do, it, it stares at me when I sleep at night. It's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. what are you, what are you going to, why am I here? What is my purpose? So, <laughs> uh, which, which one? Like the original? I think it's a Akai, was it? I mean, it's an AK APC 40. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's, Steve that's and I both have cooler, those, yeah. yeah. And it's red. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what I actually run my show through in Virtual DJ because they're compatible. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I noticed that actually. I just, yeah, I guess I bought that with the hope to one day to do, if ever I do like more of a Plunderphonics type set to get into sampling and, you know, maybe just yes. fill the, yeah, just fill it with samples, kind of do what like an eclectic method does, you know, because he's still DJing, but he's just got like various like samples on the go. Yep, yep, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm guessing you haven't seen it, but Jack did a really good set for our uh, live show we did in what was that April or May? Um, but he did it all. Uh, sorry, it, American Jack did this all, all on the APC oh, 40. Shucks, so 
definitely go check that out. That's a really good example of like what you can do as far as like DJing and also like doing some live. Well, thank you for um, the plug there, Stephen. Yeah, my pleasure, dude. That was a great set. I really enjoyed it. I had um, a fun so. time putting that together and and performing it. As as stressful as it was, just because of the time constraints, it was uh, stressful. I would I'd like to do that again. Uh, maybe having more time <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, well that was behind the curtain we uh we finished an album and then also we're working on live sets at the same time in like the span of a week so it was like it was way too much um but it, it turned out great i think everyone was everyone enjoyed it so. oh, i'll check it out. i saw it advertised and yeah i will definitely check it out i'm very keen to see it yeah we'll, we'll punch the link in the description obviously but i'll, I'll send it to you yeah. afterwards so you can check it out yeah yeah nice yeah yeah that was really fun that was like my first time like organizing a a uh, like a music thing it yeah. was all virtual but it was a fun experience yeah even even with like the little technical hiccups of like is the stream actually going right now <laughs> right. am i talking to myself uh, yeah. the, there was a bit of a moment where like i had i think i had steve up on uh, Facebook Messenger just to tell me like when I was actually live so that I would <laughs> so I wouldn't be like starting with nobody there and then of course the delay was confusing so I yeah. would probably say like starting now but you wouldn't see it till you know it's like it's yeah, so there, weird I would say there was a good like 20 to 30 second delay yeah. uh, that would always make things really interesting <laughs> oh, streaming is so stressful though like I, I've streamed onto YouTube for some reason and it's just so I see like it's live lounge type thing and like we'd just be chatting, mm -hmm. then cutting to like, but like, I remember we connected and, <laughs> and then straight away there was like a definite 30 second delay between the audio and the video. And it was just the most frustrating thing because literally like, oh, it, was, Lord. it was like watching like a badly dubbed, like Kung Fu movie because like I'm mm -hmm. talking, apparently it's me talking, but I'm not even on the screen type thing. It's, <laughs> oh no, no. It is it, it just that, yeah, it's just that uncertainty because you really hope it goes well. But at the end of the day, it's like technology could just screw you over. <laughs> You've got right. Yeah. But it's good that you guys did it though. Fair play. There needs to, you know, I think, there needs to be more stuff like this going on. And I think obviously this year, like it's a shame that Facebook has now clamped down on streaming and music and stuff. You guys seen that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember hearing about that. Wait, wait, wait. What's this? Uh, just that as far as like copyright stuff is concerned, Facebook has gotten a little tighter uh, with regards to music streams. Really? No. That's what I, that's what I thought. Because um, they're trying to compete with like the TikTok and everything. Yeah, from what I've seen, I think they, they, they are... I think it's to stop uh, DJing, DJs profiteering off other people's music without... Oh, I see. Because I, I, I think there has been some DJs that have like been accepting donations, but they don't credit the artists, and obviously with like... Oh, it's a, I see. It's a bit dodge, yeah. and yeah, yeah, I think DJs that ask for donations to play their set, I don't know, I think that's kind of scummy, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, cause, I don't know, I guess, if I'm honest, like, my pet hate is just DJs that don't ID the tracks. I, it's just the one thing, like, like people that they'll upload sets, but some people, they, they won't credit the artist. Because obviously people will, like, listen to a mix and stuff, and then they'll find a track they like, and then they can then find the tracks themselves, and they can listen to it separately. But then DJs prevent that so that you have no choice but to keep coming back to the mix over and over again. Oh. But it's just so scummy, really, because if the mix is good, they'll still come back, and it just annoys me that they can't be bothered to... Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Making, making enemies on your podcast. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm British. No, I'm, I'm British. I'm blunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I will say from, uh, let me see, my experience with the Facebook stuff, and this is very minimal, but um, I had a couple things get flagged. What do you call that? When there's like a copyright yes. strike or whatever. Yes. Um, I did a Thinkfish Tank slash DJ set back a while ago, April or something. And um, it got flagged. Or actually, multiple things got flagged. And in that time, between then and now, they've actually all been released, all Ooh, the claims, nice. which is actually really cool because you'll never see that on YouTube. Yeah. Like, claims will never get released. Um, so I will say, to the benefit of Facebook, that seems like it's happened a couple times with uh, mainly Warner Brothers, um, but maybe maybe one other. Oh, WMG. Yes. Or UMG, the Universal Music Group. And I don't know. Yeah. I think it was Warner Brothers. Does Warner um, Brothers, is Warner Brothers a, a label? I know. I know Warner does have a label. I think it is them, yeah. Warner Music Group or something, yeah. And they're so quick as well. Like, the second you put it up there, it's like, bam! Oh, yeah, it's immediate. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I guess I understand. I guess there's has to be that regulation, I suppose. Um, obviously, obviously, lots of people got away with it in the past, which is why they've had to make it so strict now, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the YouTube strikes, those, yeah, those piss me off because it's, especially if it's, uh, you know, it's an original track sampling something. I mean, I get it. It's your content, but it's not even the, it's, it's like not the same song or anything, you know, it's just like a, it's been sampled. Yeah. And it's it annoying because it's annoying yeah. because you put it live on YouTube or because I think we've had it, we've tried to advertise an artist and all of his music is copyrighted. And obviously he's given us permission to advertise oh, yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've given it, yeah, he goes, yes, because we use his track because we've just announced him for an event next year and we do this promo video. And obviously you time your social media strategy. It's like, right, you know, because we all just post it everywhere. And it's like, bam, here it is, the video. And then they then mute the video. And then it takes like a week for you to unmute it. So you've just lost that whole marketing strategy you know right. yeah so we, we did like another post a week later it's like by the way you can hear the music now if you want like they just watched the video in silence because it was muted but it's like you can't <laughs> it's like you want to listen to it again you can yeah <laughs> yeah i remember running into that recently yeah because i use some of my friend's music and it's just like copyright strike it's like i know him personally well one of them was actually pat now that i think about it one yeah was, um one was pat uh peace Mm. <laughs> I was like, I know him. Like, he was watching the sale. <laughs> Are you seriously? Yeah, it's so ridiculous when that happens. I gave such like a passive aggressive like response in like in like the the form where you tell them to like whitelist it. It's like I've been asked personally by this person to present this music. Ask this person because I know him. You know, sort of thing. Because it's just ridiculous. Like the fact it takes a week is just madness. Right. Yeah. It's a shame that, that it's a it's a tough kind of minefield to navigate. Yeah, because like because uh, like I mean it's like as far as like regulations concerned, like it, yeah, there definitely needs to be something in place to protect artists and their intellectual property. And as far as like then like being able to differentiate between like this is content that was authorized versus this is content that was not authorized, it can be mm. unfortunately tricky. Yeah, especially especially if it's just like a copyright bot that's just scanning everything. And then immediately flagging it. And then you have to wait for an actual human to get their eyes on it and ears on it and then get things sorted out. And that's what takes the week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jack, where can people find your stuff and your sets? So you can find, if you search for Space Jam's official, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on um, Amazon Music, and it should be available on Kiki as well and also on SoundCloud. Um, Space Jam's official, and I'm on Instagram. Instagram also at Space Jam's official. I'm also on Facebook, but it's not my preferred platform. But I would say like SoundCloud is the best place to go because that's where the mixes go first, and then you can kind yeah. of find them everywhere else really. But if you type it in into Google as well, because you might find certain mixes have been posted by various mixed cloud sites as well. Um, mm-hmm. Taken over the world slowly, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. Go listen to Space Jams. I always enjoy it when I when I stop in and and listen to it. So oh, nice. you guys will love it too. Absolutely, go give it a listen. Yeah, oh, yeah. and hit that subscribe button. Right, that's what the kids say. Yeah, <laughs> slap hit that, that subscribe, subscribe button. button. <laughs> Ring slap the that fucking bell. bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True, true. Is that right? That's, it's really important that's... that you actually ring the bell, though. Otherwise, we'll be buried in the algorithm and you won't hear from <laughs> us ever true. again if you're in the YouTube audience. Yeah. <laughs> that's very realistic. Honestly, yeah, that's all they all say. Yeah. Ring the bell, my dudes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that was the best bit of the show, straight up. I think that's... If that was yeah. if, that, if that bit was the show, that's fine. You know, just cut all of me Hell out. Yeah. Go with that. That's great. Great. <laughs> we'll just ship that. It'll be a pretty easy edit. Oh yeah, twenty seconds of content. That'd be great. They'll love it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Steve? Did oh you have- shit. Um, I don't think I have anything new to report. But if you like the music of Think Fish Tank, go watch Balderdash Academy on YouTube. I'll be yes. writing all new theme songs. That's what I'm working on lately. Is writing. Uh, these like little 20 second ditties. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, so check that out. But yeah, you know where to find me. Just think fish tank on all the usual shit. Hell yeah. Also collaborate.com. Collab- Sorry, shit, don't go there. Collaboratemusic.com. <laughs> Collaboratemusic.com. That's do you the to, website. Do you, want, do you want to take another run at that? Nope. That's okay. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it. Okay. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. As for me, uh, I'm still making music. I swear I am. Uh, <laughs> it's been a little while, uh, but you can find you can find my stuff on youtube.com slash Jaka Jabberwock or soundcloud.com slash Jaka. And uh, I swear there will be music. It's coming. Really. Truly. <laughs> Eventually we'll see a Jaka album. <laughs> Eventually. Uh, one day. Someday. Someday. We're supposed to collaborate on something, Jack, but it's, yeah. it's really my fault that nothing has happened. So The ball's in your court right it now. It literally Steve. is, so just keep bugging me. <laughs> All right. I will. Now that you've told me that I can, you've given me permission. <laughs> Get, prepare yourself. <laughs> oh, But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Jack. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you and getting oh, to yeah. know you. Real pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's been great. I always love any opportunity to chat shit. I'm all over it. No, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, honestly. Wonderful. Thank you again. Uh, shall I roll in that there outro music? Roll in the outro music. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Let's go. Chief Green, this is